This episode is powered by Safety FM. Hey, welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I am your host, Sheldon Primus. This is the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. And this week, we are actually going to go over uh, one thing that was just kind of like going through my mind recently. And uh, truly, I decided I'm going to do a, a twofer here. This could very easily be two episodes, not in the time, just in the content. Uh, but what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you the top five reasons people start a consulting business. And then I'm going to give you the top five reasons people talk themselves out of starting a consulting business. So we're going to do a little bit of both. So I'm going to truly just go in there uh, as far as the topic wise and uh, give you some of my understanding of things that I've been hearing about people saying, all right, this is it. Time to start my consulting business and for these reasons. Or some people when you're asking, well, you should be doing your own business. What's going on? And they're like, well, you know, I, well, and then they start that whole series going right from, from their mind. So we're going to do them. We're going to go ahead and talk about the top five reasons people start their business. And then also we're going to give you the top five reasons people talk themselves out of the business. And for each one of these things, I'll just give you my input on there. All right. So, we are going to go ahead and get this one going. We're going to start on this one. And uh, I am going to tell you that throughout this thought process for me, kind of brought back some memories, you know, truly some things that I was thinking about. Like, wow, I haven't actually, uh, let's see, 2008, just to kind of go back. <laughs> I don't even know if I have a back button. I should look that one up. That'd be awesome doing like a nice reverse button. Uh, so, some of the things that I've actually uh, thought about since 2008 when I started my consulting business, the first business I started was called Utility Compliance Inc. And, uh, and that was the name. My idea behind it was I was going to basically be the person that you would go to if you were in a water or wastewater facility, distribution system, collection system, because that's where I came from, my field, I'm still licensed in that. And I was an adjunct instructor for Florida Gateway College in the wastewater side of their uh, water-to-go program. And truly, uh, I was thinking, all right, now that I'm ready to consult, this is what I'm going to do. People are going to come right to me, and I'm going to go ahead and consult throughout the whole globe on water, wastewater, process safety, and process management, and management of the the actual facility, because I was a manager at the time, and that was going to be my my business, helping utilities stay compliant with EPA or whatever regulatory agency they had. It was good, and uh, it gave me some work initially, but like all consulting firms in any kind of field you're in, you could get the highs and lows and highs and lows, So when the lows came, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, especially when the lows started getting lower and lower and lower. (laughs) Then I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm going to have to do something. So truly, I needed to to change my whole perspective. I had to blow up my business model. And then I had to decide, all right, what am I going to do next? So I decided I was going to get some 
OSHA compliance in there because I was doing safety throughout my whole career. Might as well throw some safety in there. So I started thinking about how can I incorporate utility uh, compliance with safety compliance. And I started offering some private sector uh, training as well as private sector consulting for OSHA compliance. And I had to a little disconnect with that because of the name of the business was utility compliance, but yet people were coming to me for OSHA 10 and 30. So I couldn't really get that one to stick. So then I uh, added a DBA for my business called OSHA compliance help. And if you are listening to LinkedIn or Facebook or any of the other social media that I belong to every Tuesday and Thursday, for the most part, sometimes I have to switch it up from Tuesday and Thursdays. uh, And I'll let everybody know when I do those things. And I do an OSHA compliance help show. That actually came from the name of that second business I had to kind of pivot to in order for me to to ebb those lows from getting too deep and start making some more money. So that's the few things that I really had to start thinking about and doing. So now, when you're really thinking about, uh, well, I transitioned again to safety consulting, uh, mentoring and coaching. So that's another thing I, I ended up having to do. So let me get that out of the way before I go into the, the reasons for, for my business. So a lot of the things that I I was feeling at the time helped me come up with this list with the top five reasons to start your consulting business. And then a lot of things that I was feeling also that was halting and pushing back is also that top five reasons that people talk themselves out of starting a consulting business. So I use that as well as some things that I've heard from students, some things that I've heard from uh, just looking around and listening and uh, LinkedIn posts and all those things. Uh, those are, are, are what I incorporated here. I kind of have this labeled in uh, order of the, the top to the least. However, I know you may have your own uh, twist to this list that I'm giving you, so you might order it differently, which is just fine. That's what you do. So this is what I'm thinking about. All right, so the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm actually going to start with number one. See, look at that. I'm not even going to give you guys that usual suspense that says, you know, I'm going to start from number five and then work my way to number one. So none of that suspense stuff. I'm just going straight to (laughs) here is my number one and this is why it's my number one. So for me. Family obligations. Truly, if you have small children, uh, if you have a spouse that works, you know, uh, some really strict hours or even loose hours, and you want to make sure that someone's always around for the children, uh, then that's family obligations that you can have. Uh, When I was doing this and starting to, to branch out on my own, the family obligation side was my wife had a nice steady job working for a school district as a teacher. And uh, she taught children with uh, autism, and uh, that's her business right now. Also, is is working with those family families and and providing services for them as well. So look her up, omamazingkids.com. Marianne Primus. Thank you, Marianne. I love you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, at that time, so for us, I just really had to. Uh, I 
wanted to be around as well as the kids were in uh, high school at the time. So it was good to, to be able to do the events and everything else. Um, actually, it was middle school leading into high school, is uh, if I'm remembering that right. I just got to you know, get, get my mindset here. But I think that's, that's what I'm remembering right. So at, at that point, it was a lot of stuff. And I coached my son's basketball for for quite a while as a coach for martin county in florida uh there's a youth league that was a private sports league and i was coaching for them i actually coached for the ymca for a while as a, a youth basketball coach so doing that stuff was really fun especially when i could work for myself and then also uh, for family obligations especially when we started traveling we were able to travel and then also be able to, uh, like right now, I give you a, a true uh, story that those people that do know me personally know that this is what's the family obligation side for me. The last two years, my wife and I have been stationary off the road from our RVing in Ocala, Florida, to take care of our mother, uh, and therefore we could not have done that without actually having some sort of leeway and, and just something that we could do with our schedule. Uh, my wife retired, so therefore her uh, schedule, or she left, uh, I should say, not retired. She left the district she's working with to be her own boss. But with both of us being our own bosses, me in the consulting room, her in a, a support uh, system, we were able to have some flexibility for family obligations. So I'm giving you that as, a, as the number one, as the number one reason. And for us, it really was. Uh, let's go with number two. So the number two reason is sometimes you just want to test the waters for what you're going to consider is retirement. Not everybody is going to uh, retire and play golf and just sit around and do nothing. Some people, retirement is still working, but working for yourself with your own schedule and uh, not being your own boss, not having someone over you, only having the demands of clients and not the demands of uh, an actual uh, whatever it is, if it's going to be your owner or if it's going to be a manager or whatever. You're going to control control this thing a little bit better yourself. So if you're going to start a consulting business, and I Truly tell people this. Now is the time to start your business while you're still working wherever you're working. The reason is because you are getting steady income. Chances are you might even be able to get uh, some payment uh, for actually training and learning and developing yourself, including safety designations. And then use all that stuff. Take it with you when you go. Uh, if there's, um, let's say it's a, it's a consideration that says we're going to pay for your schooling and you could get your bachelor's, your master's, your doctorate, whatever, through the reimbursement program we have with our uh, employment. HR says, all right, here's your payment, but in order to do that, you're going to have to spend an additional three years or a contract goes through an additional three years. So in those cases, that's going to be fine. Get the designation, get the training, get whatever degree you need to get. And within that time, 
you could still start your own business and start testing the waters on days off and vacations. And uh, if you need to take some time off and use your vacation and sick, I hate to say it that way, but yeah, some people do that. I think I may have done that a time or two. <laughs> just just say it. And therefore, you're building a clientele, you're getting used to working for yourself, and then you're also going to get the opportunity to see if this thing's going to work for you. Just test it out, test it out. And you're going to start aging your company, which is a big thing. The reason why I say that is many companies, they need to be aged so that when you're ready to go out on your own, and you could say, I have been in business X amount of years, that really helps you. So that's why you could say, if you start in 2021, and let's say you have a five-year commitment because you're paying for your master's degree, when you're ready to leave in 2026, you're going to have the five years that you've been doing this thing part-time. And so when you get to year six, and you're going full-time now, you would have already tested the waters for several years at this and gotten uh, really uh, the bumps and scratches and bruises and everything like that worked out uh, where there was a little up impact to your actual salary because this is going to be extra money at that point, the money that you're going to save to really launch your business later. Another thing that we're going to do, number three, burnout. Burnout from your employer. There is a serious thing with burnout, especially in the safety and health field, because truly, at some time, you might actually be the person that is, let's say it this way, the, the buck will fall with you. <laughs> let's say it this way. Just just, just uh, bear me out on this. I, I hit the, the mute too quick while well, I was turning my mic. Bear, bear, bear me out on this one. Okay. So let's say um, COVID-19 issues are coming up, right? And, uh, and now you have been trying to fight with people to do basic epidemiology things that you've been learning about and you're trying to get yourself engrossed in how you could protect the workplace. You're looking at the guidance from CDC and the World Health Organization and OSHA and other regulators throughout the countries that you're in listening to me. And you keep getting a brick wall and bouncing against your head as to uh, why people aren't listening to your suggestions. And then there's an outbreak and all of a sudden, Fingers get pointed at the safety person. Safety person, what's going on here? Why didn't you help us out? Why didn't you do more? And you're just like, Ugh, these people. <laughs> I just can't take it. Uh, so that can lead to several things, including burnout. So when you start seeing that and signs are maybe year in and year out of uh getting opposition to what you're talking about or people not listening to you or something is saying... I'm going to snap if I don't leave here, or I just can't show up. It's not the same excitement anymore. That is what leads people to start a consulting business, saying, hey, I may have even hired a consultant. I could probably go ahead and do this myself, and that might be something that you're thinking about. Man, I could do this myself. Therefore, let me go ahead and, and get this going, and then as long as you don't have like a non-compete clause or anything similar to that, then you can start branching out and talk to family, talk to friends, talk to people that might be able to help you uh, get this business started. So that is uh, number three, experiencing burnout. So you're thinking, all right, let me go ahead and get myself going. Uh, 
Number four may be directly related to this, and that's going to be getting laid off. So in some cases, especially if you are in an organization that doesn't value safety, the safety and health officer may be the first one to get let go when there's issues. I see a lot of companies that are furloughing because of the pandemic. Uh, Their uh, production hasn't been right. So therefore, they start furloughing people. One of the first departments in some cases that will go would be safety. Why would you need a designated safety and health officer in these people's minds uh, if there's less people that are going to get hurt and therefore uh, this is a position that we could go ahead and liquidate. And if that's the case and you get laid off, then all of a sudden you have to scramble real quick to figure out what am I going to do. The thought of consulting will come to your brain and then you're like, all right, let's go ahead and do this thing because I need money and employment's going to run out anytime. And while I'm getting an employment, let's go ahead and let's do something that I could benefit myself with. And if that's the case, then that is number four, being laid off might be the catalyst to starting your business. Uh, many of people have had that catalyst to start their business. Another thing that you could be thinking of is, and this is number five, I'm putting this last on the list, is sometimes you're just restless. You need a change. Yeah, you've been doing this job for so long and you're like, man, I got so much potential. It's just being wasted here, just flat out wasted. So therefore, I'm going to have to do something because I cannot take this. I'm just so bored. So if that's the case, then what are you going to do? You're going to go ahead and you're going to just, you might end up, Phoning it in, <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but in some cases you're just, it's kind of like one of those children that uh, you're in school or the child's in school and they're just, the work is so beneath them that all of a sudden that they become the class clown because they're just so bored and now you're getting a call saying you got to take your son, you take your daughter out of school uh, just because they're acting up and when you get to the root cause, it's like, they probably are so bored with the material because they know it. They may need to go to the next grade up if that's possible, or they may need to get some private tutoring that is going to launch them to something more challenging for them. And, uh, or they might have to be the, the student that is going to help teach all their fellow students peer to peer in learning this information. So that might be just truly for for our adult life, we may just need to have something more challenging. So we decide, let's go ahead and do this ourselves. So those are the top five reasons for starting the business. All right. So let's go ahead and think about the top five reasons people talk themselves out of starting a business. <laughs> So we get the five good reasons to start. Now we're saying, all right, we're going to do this. And then all of a sudden in the depth of our soul or the secret thoughts that we have at nighttime, we start backpedaling. So in the same tradition, I'm going to start with number one. So in the same tradition, number one is going to be imposter syndrome. You may actually feel that, who am I? Who am I to go ahead and, and tell somebody that 
I am the consultant. Here's the absolute, or or at least let's start here, and then we'll work towards where we're going to develop and and get a new business plan. So who am I to do that? Do I really know my stuff? Am I really the guy who is the authority in this? So that imposter syndrome, especially if you get into your own head, can just keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. And therefore, in your mind, you're actually going to talk yourself out of doing something. So there's several ways of addressing imposter syndrome where you'd feel that you aren't good enough. Uh, One could be very simply uh, meditation, thoughtfulness. I had a a great interview uh, over the, the holiday months. Uh, this one's with Dr. Uh, Krishna Batha and uh, Bata, excuse me, Dr. Bata. And uh, then he was talking about intermittent silence, but also some meditation uh, practices. So if you're going to go through some meditation practices, a lot of that is silencing. Uh, one of the things that, that monks call it is the monkey brain. You'll see that a lot with yoga and, uh, and meditation and mindfulness. So when you silence that monkey brain from, from going ahead and telling you all the things that you can't do or shouldn't do, and uh, this is episode, uh, not too sure of the episode number, but it's leading to my, my hundreds episode. So it's episode 93. I just clicked on that. Episode 93 of my podcast, you're going to see... Dr. Krishna Bhatta. He is also Bhatta. <laughs> I keep doing the H in your name, sir. Uh, he also has an app called Relax, R-E-L-A-X-X. So in those imposter syndrome times, you really have to think about, uh, am I just listening to an old rerun tape about you're not good enough from an influencer early in your life? Do I need to go ahead and work on myself to get that out? That's one way. Another way that's just a practical way of doing it is staying in your lane. And what I mean by doing that is as soon as you say that you're going to start a business for yourself, opportunity is going to come and it'll keep coming and it'll keep showing itself as being real. And all of a sudden people are calling you and it's just like, man, this thing is great. I'm just getting myself one after the next. Somebody is uh, helping me out and you're in a role. So in those situations, when you're on a roll, you know, go with it. Um, but uh, you might get opportunity that is going to lead you to stretch your knowledge base. Some of that's good if you have a foundation to work with, or at least you have some influencers that can help you with taking on a new project. Or you might just have to say, this is not for me. I just can't do this. It's too much uh, where I, I'm not the authority here. I don't know enough for this. And that's okay. You're not a consultant for every single aspect of safety. There's some aspect of safety I don't touch. I don't touch maritime much. I don't touch agriculture much. I usually do construction and general industry. Maritime, I do have a working knowledge of most of the things, but I don't know the three volumes that they have in the standards, you know, uh, for 19, 15, 16, and 17, I believe, or 16. Yeah, see, that's even bad, right? 19, 15, 16, and 17, I believe, or 19, 15, uh, 16, and 18, one of, the, one of those. Uh, I don't know, see? So therefore, I could take aspects of it that matches up with either general industry or construction, but I'm not going to go ahead and, you know, do a full-time maritime uh, consulting project because I just don't know. And uh, I might not know uh, safety when it comes to 
the aviation field, or I may not know safety as it relates to the nuclear field, but man, I could tell you all day long about safety with wastewater and water and distribution system and collection system. That's my that's my jam. I've been doing that for so long, so I know that stuff. So I, I will refer other things to other people, so that's going to keep me from the imposter syndrome because I'm going to stay in my lane there. Uh, number two is time constraints. We're saying, well, I may not have the time to start my own consulting business. I may not be the person that uh, that could do two to three things right now because I am so caught up with the day job that I can't see past that. So if that's one of the reasons why you're going to, and it's not maybe not to just a day job, but it could be other family obligations as well, that's when you may have to start thinking of your day uh getting outside of the 24-hour day and start thinking of a seven-week cycle versus, uh, I should say, a seven-day cycle versus a one-day cycle uh, for your life, meaning maybe Monday I'm just done, spent, but I may have Tuesday at three, or I may have, you know, if I wake up an hour early three times a week, I could work on some sort of um, program or work on, on some work or maybe... Uh, one Saturday a month, I might be able to go ahead and host an online uh, event where people will pay, and now I could tell them my specialty in an online system, and that's going to be one Saturday a month. So in that case, you're going to create a different structure for your time, and now you're going to be able to, to put it in where you want. And then another thing for time constraints is batching where you do have a good block of time. So now you could go ahead and, and some people do this with podcast episodes and you can say, all right, I could do four podcast episodes on Monday. Uh, we're going to make these the next four episodes. I'm going to go schedule it out on my hosting network service, my podcasting hosting service. And uh, then now I know I'm good with this. I'd spent four hours. I spent six hours, whatever it is. I did those next four episodes and now I've got the month of February set up. That's another way of working towards time constraints. So truly, you could do that. You could look for services that could cut down your learning. Uh, So that's another way of doing that. Uh, Financial issues for startup costs. So this is number three. So sometimes starting your business, especially if you're starting from scratch, you're going to have a whole bunch of different things that you're going to have to pay in. First, you'll have to make sure that you're going to get your physical business set up correctly with your state and your federal uh, and that could cost some money Uh, sometimes you want to get some legal help to get you started sometimes you may want an accountant to get you going Uh, that may cost you money sometimes you're going to have to get that well you definitely will need to get that email service to collect emails and that's going to cost you money Uh, time and energy also cost you money so therefore if you're currently making Let's say at your workplace, you're making uh, $55, $60 an hour, and now you're going to spend an hour or two learning something uh, to help you with your startup. So that $60, $65 an hour, you multiply that by two, and that's truly money that's being cost in startup. The best way to get around that is look for shortcuts. Uh, Look for things that will help you with your resources so that now you don't have to uh, spend all this money on one thing and do it annually or do it, uh, you know, if you're going to do it 
I always do my subscriptions. I shouldn't say always, but for the most part, I try to do them annually because you'll get a ta- an actual break for annual versus monthly. That's going to save you with the money in the long run. And then also, uh, then I know for sure I've got it. And when I'm ready to use it at any time, I'm not thinking about the billing cycle and all that stuff. So get it done, get it out of the way, uh, pay annual, go ahead and use it whenever I need to get that discount for the annual uh, discount that they have. So that's another way of, of uh, helping yourself out. Safety designations, number four. If you don't have a safety designation, sometimes people will talk themselves out of starting the business because it's maybe a little bit of both imposter syndrome and then also with um, your safety consulting not having that designation, such as the Certified Occupational Safety Specialist designation cost or the Certificate of Occupational Safety Manager cost M. And those are the two that I say because those are the two that I'm a in, uh, contract instructor for uh, with the Alliance Safety Council in Baton Rouge. They created the cost and the cost M uh, designations. If you're uh, if you hadn't had a chance to uh, go back, I had an interview with the actual uh, executive director of the Alliance Safety Council, Kathy Trahan. Uh, Talk to her in October. We've got two episodes with her, part one and part two with Kathy Trahan. So you want to go back and you want to check out episode 85, 86. We talk about the cost program and several other things. I even talked to my mentor, Ryder Cobb, and he is one of the people where the cost program actually came from his notes. And uh, so if you want to get some information from Ryder, uh, I've got Ryder in an earlier episode, too. Uh, give me a chance. I'm kind of giving, I'm flipping through uh, my my list of podcasts and everything as I'm giving you guys the episodes. But uh, Ryder was actually really, really early in my in my career for uh, for doing interviews and everything. So uh, Ryder Cobb is uh, definitely one of the ones that you really want to listen to and gives you some some good information regarding the backbone of their certificate of occupational safety manager. And then I also interviewed a bunch of my past um, uh, students as well. So you could uh, go back to some of my earlier episodes and you could uh, get those as well. So Ryder was episode 27. And then I talked to him and uh, that could be, you know, your option for designation, but there's the BCSP. They have all kinds of designations there. There's so many safety and health certifications out there. You just look up which one means the most to you. Just do it. Get a designation. But I would say start with what you know. Get a designation for you know construction specialty or whatever you know. And then use that for showing that the client, they really need to know that you have proficiency in this. But even if you don't have a designation... Do a detailed proposal, and in your detailed proposal, put a bio of all the things you've done, and you can also add a resume showing all the places that you've done and worked in. So now they get to look at those two things, and then they'll say that, oh, okay, well, this person had that experience. And then another thing is if you still don't get a safety designation, which, you know, it's not a must, but it does help you uh, 
what it really does is it shows the client that you have some other agency backing your knowledge. Is really what it backing. When I say backing, I just mean that they are saying that you have learned this to the proficiency that we have given you a designation that you have to renew every whatever cycle. Uh, so that's what I mean by that. But if you again want to do it a different way, uh, you might also not only with the proposal. Uh, detailed proposals showing everything that you've done, but you may also have to uh, to go ahead and do a train the trainer class. So if you do a train the trainer class, then you could also say, well, I could train your people with this information that I've learned as a train the trainer, certified train the trainer. And then while you're there, go ahead and give them a free estimate or a free audit and then all they need to do is pay for the report, a written report or something, but you do an oral audit where you, a walkthrough, maybe not an audit, just say a walkthrough or an overview of their system if it's a written program. And that's going to help you if you don't do the safety designation. So that's a workaround for that one. Number five, not knowing how to transition from a safety officer to a safety consultant. So that is the fifth of the top five reasons people talk themselves out of starting a safety consulting business. And for this one, number five, don't worry about it. I got you. Go through earlier episodes of this podcast. This podcast is literally teaching you the business behind being a safety consultant. So you could see step by step by step how to do it. Get the blueprint course if you wanted to. And the course itself will help you step by step on how to do it. Uh, I have safetyconsultant.tv. Go to the safetyconsultant.tv. And for, uh, I believe it's uh, $14.99 is the monthly uh, service fee for it's a subscription video on demand that you sign up, you get templates and everything else, as well as you can see it on any device that you have out there, including Roku and your Amazon TV and Apple TV and all that stuff. So that right now, that barrier is truly so low that you could learn it very easily. And there's other people out there that may be doing the same thing. So find a voice that, you know, that agrees with you. I know I'm on first. I don't know if there's that many other people out there. I just know that I'm the first, so that's good, right? So just go ahead and start listening to some of those things, and you could truly, truly get yourself going. Uh, there's more resources than you know to help you. So as a review, we've got the top five reasons people start a consulting business. Number five, or excuse me, number one family obligations number two they want to test the waters for retirement number three they get burnt out from their employment number four they've been laid off and now plan b goes into action number five they're just restless needing a change challenge something then the top five reasons people talk themselves out of starting a consulting business number one an imposter syndrome number two I just don't have enough time. The time constraints. Number three, financial issues for the startup cost. Number four, no safety designation. And then number five, not knowing how to transition from safety officer to safety consultant. You guys could do this. Uh, another uh, resource that I have for you, if you go to safetyconsultant.sheldonprimus.com, safetyconsultant.com, 
www.sheldonprimus.com. I've got four different ways that you can actually go ahead and either launch your business or accelerate your business uh, through shared resources. So uh, that is four different ways to get into it uh, so that you can help yourself get your safety consultant business. So just go to safetyconsultant.sheldonprimus.com and check it out, see if that's a, a way to do it. If not, go ahead, just listen to the podcast or do safetyconsultant.tv and go ahead and get started, though. That's the key. Just get started. Somehow, some way, get started today, all right? So I want to thank everybody for being part of the show. Uh, happy day after the Super Bowl. I don't know. I'm going for the Bucks. Go Bucks. It hasn't started yet uh, for me during the time of this recording. All right, so everybody have a wonderful rest of your week. I'm going to see you this Tuesday. If you um, hook up with me on LinkedIn, I do the OSHA Compliance Help Show. Also, if you are on Facebook or YouTube, look me up there too, and we will do the OSHA Compliance Help Shows this week. All right, go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. <laughs>